Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's Black History Month, and we at the Neuro Nerds are celebrating by bringing back our Amplify Black Voices series featuring black stroke and brain injury survivors throughout the month of February. In this episode, our guest is Greg Graham, a stroke survivor from Georgia. Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Lauren. And we are the, the Narrow Nerds. Yes, that was on time. I feel pretty good. On, I feel pretty good about that. Welcome to the Neuro Nerds. Said every week, mean it every week. Very special episode. It is a special episode because we have an actual superhero on the show that I'm interviewing today. I've got Greg, the AVM superhero. Welcome to the show, Greg. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. Oh, of course, of course. This is this is awesome. An actual superhero. And again, you hear the voice. He sounds like a superhero. Are you kidding me? It's amazing. <laughs> so Greg, it's in the name, AVM superhero. Tell us about your brain injury, how you uh, had your brain injury. So the AVM stands for the arteriovenal malformation. Basically at my brainstem, a, almost like an uh, aneurysm, it ruptured while I was driving back from um, Indiana. Uh, I was a truck driver. I was stuck in the middle of Kentucky, and I was talking to my mother about one of my friends that I grew up with in high school, 44 now, but this was at 41. And she goes to my mother's church, and she had two strokes at a very early age. So I was like, wow, that's pretty young to have a stroke. And while I'm talking to her, my rupture happened. Get out of here. That's yeah. incredible. While you were driving, <laughs> yeah. correct? While I was driving. Oh my gosh. So, so yeah. How, how did that Crazy. work out for you? <laughs> well, like I was saying, I was talking to my mother and um I was telling her I had an excruciating headache and I was trying to drink water but nothing alleviated my issues. So, she told me to pull over and call 911. So that's what I did in the middle of Kentucky. 
Wow. I'm just blown away. Just the, the timing of your conversation about having strokes as well as you being behind the wheel of a car. It's very dangerous. You know, that's, Absolutely. that's now did it affect your drive? I'm assuming it did. Did you lose any coherency? Did you lose motor functions? No, actually, no, nothing like that happened. The rupture happened, then my stroke happened afterwards. So when the rupture happened, I just thought it was just like a migraine. I never had migraines before, but I thought it was a migraine. I was going to continue driving, but my mother told me to pull over. And then when I pulled over about 15, 20 minutes later, like everything on my left side of my body started seizing up. It felt like I had a heart attack. Wow. Your, your mother is a very smart woman. <laughs> and I, <laughs> yes, I, I thank her for, for walking you through that. That is amazing. Oh my gosh. That's just wild. So post-stroke, did you suffer any deficits? Uh, yeah. So right now it's uh, three years post-stroke and um, I still have tingling sensation in my fingers. My left side of my body is completely stiff. But if you looked at me, you would not be able to tell this has happened to me unless you actually really concentrate on me. I'm a big guy. I'm about 6'4", 250 pounds. So I don't look like I had a stroke at all, but you can tell if you concentrate on me. You know what's terrible? I know you say that and people are like, oh, well, that's good. And I know it's horrible for you Yes, because is. you get the, but you look so normal, I'm sure. <laughs> All the time. It's the the worst. It's the worst. It's honestly, it's one of the most ignorant things I think anybody can say because that's, it's skin deep. You know, it really is. It's like, oh, so I look normal. So everything's fine. That's great that I look normal. Nobody knows what's going on with our invisible disabilities, our invisible injuries. As blessed as I think you and I are, because I'm in the same boat where you look at me and it's like, oh yeah, there's no issue. It's also a curse because people don't understand or take serious the fact that we almost died. Correct. Correct. Came so close. <laughs> that is, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm still blown away that you were driving while having a conversation about strokes. That's just wild. Let me ask you a question. Did you know what a stroke was before you had one? Had no clue. Amazing. This is so common, Greg. This is so common. I didn't know what a stroke was until I had my stroke. So many in our community just don't know what a stroke was until it happens to them. And even after they have their stroke, they still don't 100% know well what type of stroke they had. I I've, I've, can't tell you how many people I've spoken to and they're like, wait, there are different kinds? The information about this really needs to, to, to get out. So three years out, I'm four years out. So like we're basically in the same boat and you know, you're in your, your um, early 40s. I'm in my early 40s. You and I, who knew? We're basically twins. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So uh, have you been able to, to drive again? Yes, I can drive. I, I was able to drive as soon as I was able to get out the hospital. You know, I, Oh, I wow. Good. Yeah. Wow, that's that's good. I was not. I was told, but it's funny the care that you get. It shows, you know, doctors they just want to get you out of the hospital. I was told leaving the hospital because uh, I asked. I was like, hey, so when will I be able to drive again? And the guy's like, you could probably drive home. <laughs> and I had a hemorrhagic stroke. I wasn't able to drive. You know, when I actually talked to my doctor, doctor for almost a year. I would have probably, you know, killed myself and several other people if I drove home from the hospital. But again, it just shows the disconnect between doctors and patients sometimes. So, Greg, we're in February, a beautiful month in a pretty wild year so far, but uh, it just so happens to be Black History Month. And I had you on the show because I'm doing this uh, series called Amplify Black Voices, where I interview black brain injury survivors to tell their story. I say this because it's hard enough being a brain injury survivor in the world. It, It is. It's hard living in the world, period. Now, doing that with the added weight of being a person of color. 
is wild. Living through the pandemic as a black man, living through racial injustice as a black man. So I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. So I'm going to specifically ask you about like your hospital state. Did you feel that you had different care being a black man in the hospital? That was my trepidation at first because I was in the middle of Kentucky and I was thinking, wow, this is going to be bad for a black man in the middle of Kentucky to actually go there and get medical treatment. But the complete opposite happened. You know, everybody took care of me. Everybody looked out for me. Everybody was really mindful of that I was not in my hometown, that I was somewhere very far, no family, no friends, no anything. So they took care of me completely. So I had a complete opposite. That's a beautiful thing. That actually warms my heart. Uh, the one thing I would be concerned about is hearing like banjos. If so, I would turn around and run the other way in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I was scared. <laughs> that that no, really. Like I, when you said that you were you were stuck in Kentucky, I, I got a little bit of the butterflies because I got uncomfortable. You know, I know I have a few friends who live in Kentucky, and it's, sometimes it's not so nice depending on the area. Look, it's. An ongoing thing. The Black Lives Matter movement started with the unfortunate incident with George Floyd, with Amon Arbery. It's a lot more common than people know, but these were recorded and they were everywhere and it kind of opened a lot of eyes. When you saw those videos, did that surprise you? It's kind of funny because within the black community, we're kind of used to those police brutalities happening all the time. So seeing something like that on a large scale for me wasn't a shocking thing, but it was more... I guess, a relief so the rest of the world can actually see what we're talking about. Because, you know, you could ask any black man from the age of 16, as soon as he gets his driver's license, as soon as he sees a police officer pulls him over, he's scared. That's the normal thing. So to actually show that to the rest of the world so they could truly understand that was more of a blessing than anything else. Even though it's a sad thing, but it's definitely a blessing. So you got to understand what's going on with our lives. The trauma we go through. Thank you to our amazing community on Patreon for supporting this podcast. You can support us too and get different perks and gifts depending on which Neuro Jedi tier you sign up for. For example, if you're on our Neuro Padawan $5 tier, then you're probably listening to this episode a day early before it's public release. Your support helps us grow and continue to create this podcast. Plus, a portion of the proceeds go to a different cause or individual in the brain injury survivor community each month. Sign up at patreon.com slash the neuronerds. I agree. And, and you're right. At a very young age, teenagers, you're still a baby. You become immediately afraid of the police. That's why there are so many unfortunate chases, because it's OK, you did something wrong. You should be punished for the thing you did wrong, whatever it was. It was, you know, driving maybe under the influence. It might be speeding a little bit. But there's a fear in the ethnic community of cops. What's going to happen? So that's why a lot of times people run from the cops. Nobody asks, well, why was he running? Well, he ran. Yeah, he the cops did this because he ran. Yeah, but why did he run? Why is that? It's ingrained at a very young age that cops do these things and nothing happens to them. You know, I've had a fear of cops my entire life because I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I literally, I grew up in a literal crack neighborhood. So I know cops are not the nicest people in the world and you just basically do what they say and you try to keep your nose clean. Now, if you're a Caucasian person, you don't have these same issues. You just, you don't. So it's sad that all this stuff happened, but you're right. It is a blessing that people actually get 
to see it and that people are outraged and this isn't going away. And I really feel that, you know, things are changing and I hope things are changing. I always have hope. Do you feel that? Me too. Because we've been through this. We've been through this. You and I are close to the same age. We've been through the Rodney King issue. That's when a lot of this started, at least for me in my eyes in my life. And then it just kind of like faded away. I don't think this is fading away. I think this is going to stick. Do you have the same hope that this is going to stick and we're going to see some real change? Uh, I talked to older people um, that went through the civil rights movement and things of that nature. And what, what they've been telling me is that there's a lot of young, intelligent people out there that's actually trying to make things better. You know, it's not going to be completely transformed. It's not going to be completely, I guess, systematic racism going to be completely gone. But each generation, a new phase comes out, a new awareness comes out. So um, I'm grateful that these new awareness come out from these people. So my grandchildren probably will not have any of this type of situation going on. So I have that hope as well. Like, I, I, I really do. You know, the, these kids, man, they don't have patience. And I love it. I really do. They want change. And they're like, no, I don't want to wait. Like, we're going to do this now. And I, I really appreciate that. You know, so I, I do have hope. I do hold hope for that. We're also in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, Greg. It's a little wild. <laughs> it's a- to say the least. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little crazy uh, right now. So people are, are kind of freaking out. People are kind of stuck home. People can't do the things that they normally do. And I talked to a lot of people in the community and they've said, you know, I don't want people to feel these things, but they can actually understand now what we go through on a day-to-day basis. Do you feel the same? Do you feel that like people are going to be a little bit more understanding to what we go through in our community because they're forced to be home? They're not allowed to do certain things. After they've contracted COVID, they go through a lot of the same issues that we've gone through with the brain fog, with the exhaustion. Do you feel the world's going to be a kinder place after this? No, I think people are still ignorant because right now I think people are um, adjusting to who they are. They're getting used to their kids actually seeing their kids, seeing their spouses. So they're really more focused on their family. But the thing is, is that now, since we have social media with this time as well, everybody's considered to be equal. I can hide my deficits. You can hide your deficits. And I can have a conversation. You can have a podcast. And people could really listen to it and never realize that we had a stroke. So we're on the same playing field. But I think after this is all done, it's going to go back to people are being very ignorant of what a stroke survivor is and how to treat them. It's so sad. It it really is. You know, I have a few friends, unfortunately, that have contracted COVID and they have gone through some really intense neuro issues. They don't understand the brain fog. They, they're like, I, I, or they don't under, like, I can't find words. I can't think I can't process. And I'm like, oh yeah, welcome to my world. And also the fatigue, the fatigue is one thing. Do you still get the post-stroke fatigue? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fall asleep before this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's funny about that. Did it hit you immediately or did it take some time for that to, for the, the fatigue to kick in? Oh man, shoot. Ooh, I don't, I don't remember. I think I was always tired. I always wanted to go to sleep. I didn't care. Fatigue was always happening to me. I had a patch, Greg. I had a patch. It was magnificent. So I was tired, obviously, coming home from the hospital the first couple of months. Once I kind of gained my footing back, I had a patch of it was about seven or eight months where I had no brain fog. I had no fatigue. And I was like, oh, 
it was no big deal. And, oh, really? and when I say when it came back, it came back with a vengeance. <laughs> it hit so hard. So you're built like a linebacker. Did you play sports when you were younger? Yeah, when I was in um, high school and also in college, I played football. Okay, so you understand the physical fatigue. When you go through hell week, when you go through training camp, you are more physically tired than you have ever been. What I try to explain to people is when the neuro fatigue kicks in, you feel that after reading. <laughs> Having a conversation. I, I I love the laugh because I know you understand what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, definitely understand it. it. Because we know as former athletes, right, we know there's a certain amount of of exhaustion that you get from pushing your body to the limit. It's an equal amount of exhaustion by having a conversation, by reading a paragraph in a book. It's wild. It's something that's that's unexplainable. So going through this, did you have support from friends and family or were you going at this alone? Everything was like, my story is really ridiculous because everything basically happened that I had to do for myself. Oof. That's rough. Yeah, pretty much. You know, I went through a divorce after my, my stroke happened. You know, I really commend you and your and your wife staying together throughout all this stuff because for me, it was very difficult for her to understand me and things like that. So everything is myself. That That's heartbreaking. And unfortunately, it's very common. You know, I... And blessed, you know, uh, my significant other, she stayed with me. And it's amazing for me. It's terrible for her. <laughs> you, you, before we jumped on air, you heard me joking around. I'm like that all the time. She has to deal with this 24 hours a day. But in my defense, I'll say the same thing all the time. I'll say, you know, you could have left me in the hospital. You didn't. So this is your fault. She loves you. <laughs> She does. She does. I, I don't question it. I accept it. She's also a very attractive woman. I don't get it. But you know what? I'm just happy. I'm just a happy man. So you had to go through this alone, which is just, number one, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking that somebody would leave you in your most vulnerable time of need. But it also just shows what type of a warrior you are to be able to fight through and end up where you are today. You know, so I, I commend you for keep on fighting. Look, at any point where you like, this is just too much. I don't want to do this anymore. No, because of my daughters. Oh, I have two amazing. teenage daughters, and they're the reason why I'm still here today. I, I fight through this. I, I came back to life because of them. So, no. Nah. An absolute superhero. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, no, it, it's bigger than you. I get that. You know, your recovery, your journey now is bigger than you. Hence, superhero. <laughs> you know? Wow. Now, were, you, were your daughters, are they in their early teens, mid-teens, late-teens? When this happened, one was 11, another was 12. Oh, that's a rough age. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was it was completely bad. Wow, that's wild. You know, they have been through just as much as you in a completely different way. I don't think people understand what happens to us also affects our friends and family. Like through no fault of their own, they're going on this journey too. One day you're you. The next day, you're a different version of you. They have to deal with that as well as becoming adults themselves. They're still figuring out their own personalities and who they are. Wow. Greg, your, your story's wild, man. Like, <laughs> this is... I have a crazy is, story. This is intense. 
Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. As a brain injury or a stroke survivor like myself, it's hard for me to get through reading books due to my injury. But with Audible, I can now enjoy as many books as I want just by listening. Thanks to Audible, I can listen to stroke survivor Kavita Bossi's book, Room 23. Once it popped up on Audible, I immediately put it on my wish list. Read Kavita's book with us. That's right. The Neuro Nerds have a book club. What a great way for our brain injury survivor community to read books together. And even if you don't want to read the book we're reading, with this free trial, you can select any book of your choice for free. Go to audibletrial.com slash the neuro nerd. Boom. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) So at what point in your recovery were you like, yeah, I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling like I can make this. I'm feeling like I can do this. (laughs) In the hospital. Well, let me go back to the story. What happened to me? You know, I thought I was going to die. I thought death was there. You know, everything was pointing to Greg, you're going to die. Okay. So, you know, I went through all these different steps of who the people will miss me. I went through my, my mother and my father, my wife. I was like, they'll be all fine. But I came to my daughters and I was like, oh my goodness, this is going to be too much for them. So I looked to my right and I basically asked God, I said, God, give me another chance to teach these girls what they need to know. Clear as day, I heard okay. So once I heard okay, I was ready to go. You know, from that moment on, life was easy for me. Wow. Wow. So you're you're a man of faith. Uh, that's, that's a different, different, different question. Because <laughs> I believe in God, but religion stuff and all that, I'm not into, but I know there's God. I am right there with you. I always call myself a recovering Catholic. I I believe in a higher power. I just don't trust the people that like spew a lot of the things that they spew. I know you recently interviewed for yourself, uh, Tymeek, correct? Right. Yeah. Love that dude. That dude is a rock star. He had a very similar, very similar story where he was in the hospital and he heard what he doesn't know, whether it's God, a guardian angel say, you're going to be okay. You know, just be calm. You're going to get through this. That's incredible. Is there any part of your early recovery that you don't remember? Did you have memory loss, memory issues? Oh, I wouldn't necessarily say I had memory loss, but a lot of the stuff that I've been through in the last three years has been a haze, a fog. I started to realize like every two months that my mindset changed. So the things that I did back then, you know, I was really trying to figure out, get my footing, get my foot together to be a person in society. But. I didn't forget anything. My memory was not shot at all. Even when I had my my first surgery, I was up for it. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I I, I never passed out. Come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, that's what it is. That is wild. That is wild. Look, I had a root canal, (laughs) and I was awake during that. That was too much. That is insane. Wow. You might be superhuman, you know? So (laughs) maybe, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) But you know, I'm just blessed. I feel good, man. Agreed. I a hundred percent you you are blessed. So I think along all of our recoveries, we hit a point where we realize that we're we're different people. Whatever it is, physically, mostly mentally, you know, we're we're completely different people. Do you ever go back and think, man, I wish this never happened? No. This is the best thing that happened to me in my life. Oh my god. <laughs> Best thing. I love that because I'm right there with you. I am yeah, right there yeah. with you. Even with my deficits, it's just like it, it seems crazy when I start explaining this to other people. You might get it. It's like 
I really see life differently. Like, and I'm not trying to say that I am superior or anything like that. It's just there's humans and there's us because we we see life differently and we understand life differently. <laughs> yes. Okay. You won't say it. I will say it. We are significantly better than every. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. So, no. You're not gonna get me on tape saying that. <laughs> so, no, look, look. I explain it a lot. Like. Our community, people with brain injuries, we speak a different language, right? We're kind of evolved beings. So I always call myself Joe 2.0, like I'm an evolved, better version of myself, right? So now I look at, I call the people without brain, I call them normies. So now I look at normies and I'm like, why are you stressed out about that? Why are you upset about that? Like, why? That's really what, was I like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. It blows my mind. And it's not that I look down on them, but I just see them and I'm like, why are you wasting this mental energy? That's yes. not important. You know, yes. I think our brain injuries, it gave us a new appreciation and a love for life. I would not change that for the world. Not one brain injury survivor that I've spoken to. I ask this question frequently. Not one says, yeah, I wish this never happened to me. Every single one is like, no, no, I love who it helped me become. I think it's like the X-Men, like it unlocked our mutant gene. We are now evolved better versions of ourselves. Like we, we really are. I didn't live life in my 30s. The first 39 years of my life, I survived. I existed. It took me almost dying to actually learn how to live life, to actually appreciate what this world can give us. And I've lived more life in these past four years since my stroke than I have in the 39 years prior, which is wild. And I and I know you understand what that feels like. I absolutely do. And that's why I really commend your wife that she actually stuck with you with this new mindset because a lot of women, a lot of men that didn't go through this don't understand exactly what's going on. And she does. I commend her for that. Absolutely. She's everything. She's an involved person, period. You know, I'm just trying to catch up to her level. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. It, it, it's, it's wild because, look, we lose friends and family, and that's really, really sad. But I also describe us as we're now beautiful butterflies. We've evolved. We used to be caterpillars. We crawl around in the dirt with everybody. Now we spread our wings and we're flying high. The people who don't understand that, the people who don't get where we are now, they're still caterpillars. They haven't evolved. You know, the thing is, you and I, we're flying now. We're up here. It's it's beautiful. We can't go back to crawling around in the dirt. We can't do it. You know, so if they want to be with us, they're going to have to spread their wings and fly, you know, and I have hope. I do that. They will eventually. But in the meantime, I found new family. You know, Greg, you are now part of my family. You know what I mean? Like our brain injury. Our brain injury community is the most loving, caring, accepting community in the world. And I'm so blessed to be a part of it, you know? So what I've lost in family, what I've lost in friends, I've gained. I've gained new family, my chosen family. I've gained new friends, you know, which is uh, all of you guys. This is such a beautiful community. And I would not take that. Look, there are certain things that I wish didn't have. I wish I didn't have short-term memory loss. I wish I, I didn't have tremors in my right hand. I wish those things would be different, but what I've gained is so much more than what I've lost. Absolutely. I think you feel the same. I I, I love it. I love that, man. <laughs> now, dealing with your, your daughters, did they see new daddy? Were they like, you're different? Did they notice that something oh, was different? Oh, that's the first thing my, do- my eldest daughter said to me. She said, daddy, you're different. I'm like, how so? Like, you're just different. Like, you used to play with us, used to run up and down, go to water parks with us. You know, go hiking with us. I'm like, 
I got to get back to that. Right. Wow. Wow. Kids are smart. Kids, kids yeah. are kids are really kids are really smart, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, your your wife wasn't evolved enough to understand that, and then that's really really sad. Did you have friends and family as well? Well, first, go back to my wife. Is no hardship or or, or disrespect towards her. You know, it's just some people aren't just made for that, and and I and I get it. So you know, mostly it was just me wanting to set her free from the responsibility of me. So I left. She didn't leave me. So I don't want to put that out there. You are a hundred percent an evolved human being. <laughs> wow, that's such a big thing. Like that is a such a selfless act. If you ask her, she'd probably say, "No, he's lying." <laughs> but you know, that's that's the way I thought about. It. I'm like, you know, you want to do so much more, and I don't. We discussed that beforehand, and now this happened. Now go live your life. If you find true love, go ahead. You know, I'm, I'm good. I don't see it that way anymore. That's beautiful, Greg. Wow, superhero. I'll just keep saying that, superhero. Thanks to our sponsor, Avid Technology, for providing us with the tools, or should I say pro tools, to record, edit, and mix our podcast and get our message out clearly to the world. Try Avid first to start recording today for free at avid.com slash pro dash tools. Yay. Yay. Now, friends and family, same thing? I find it that the more intelligent a person is, I can have a conversation with them because they think more logical instead of emotional. When I deal with emotional people, forget about it. I can't have a conversation. If you're more logical and you and you think <laughs> before you talk, I can have a conversation with you. So I have some, I got a mixed bag. Hey, I love that description because there's a lot of issues in everything, in life, in relationships, in business. If you remove the word feel, from your conversations, things are significantly easier. There's so much easier. There's a difference between a feeling and the reality, right? Hey, I feel this. Yeah, okay, that's an emotion. That's an emotion. But what's the reality? <laughs> the, the reality is this is where we're at. Now let's start from this point and let's get the feelings out of here, you know? That's why I think <laughs> we all have to be like a, a little bit of a sociopath sometimes just to get some stuff done. Hey, but 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 to be really honest with you, when this was happening to me, you know, I was having arguments with my with my ex-wife and when this was happening to me, I didn't think about the anger, I didn't think about jealousy, I didn't have any animosity, I didn't think about any of those negative energies or feelings, I was committed. Like if I'm going to live, I'm not going to live with those feelings anymore. Love that. Love that. Now I feel that I was a very angry person. I grew up Catholic, which gives you a lot of guilt. There's a reason why people say the Catholic guilt, it's a thing. It's a hundred percent a thing. And so I grew up very anxious. I grew up very depressed. I grew up very stressed. I didn't know how to live. I didn't. I was upset. I didn't know how to process things. I didn't know how to put up boundaries. So I just kind of like let things happen no matter what it was. And I just dealt with it. And being Catholic, I was also taught, well, don't say anything. Don't tell people you have a problem. That's your problem. So just shove it down <laughs> and deal with it. So I did that for 39 years of my life. And so my brain exploded. <laughs> now, I put up boundaries. Now, I tell people how I feel. Now, I actually want to live a functional life, which is a, a beautiful thing, you know, and, and I just hearing you speak, I'm like, yeah, I understand 100%, you know? So Greg 2.0, I'm assuming you're a fan of that guy. 
<laughs> yeah, I love them. <laughs> love them. Do you look back at original Greg and you're like, man, why? Why did you think that way? Oh, uh, man. I really don't look back. I, don't, I really don't know who he was. Because, like, you know, I used to tell my ex-wife that, oh, Gregory's dead. You know, once you brought back from the hospital, it's a different guy. So I don't really know who he is anymore. But I do see the remnants of him by other people. And what I mean by that is, you know, like I said, I'm a big guy. And usually when I go back to my old neighborhood, people look at me and just by my voice and my, my, my statute, I get that respect. But now it's hard for me to articulate myself like I used to be. It's hard for me to gain that respect. And I, I see the different type of uh, treatments I get. So I realized that person before was very arrogant, very um, cocky. And now I'm not that person. So, yeah, I'm totally in love with this new Greg than the old one. It was a waste of time. Hey, that, that, that's awesome. Hey, there's nothing more humbling than not being able to get out of bed by yourself. <laughs> there really, right, right. There really isn't. <laughs> right. There's there's sometimes, so I don't have a lot of memory from the hospital. Like I have maybe 10, 15%. Everything is secondhand information. So I do know that I needed help taking a shower. I do know that I needed help getting up to go to the restroom. So, hey, nobody talks about the positive side of memory loss because I'm glad I don't have those memories. <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, I could tell you a story about mine. It was, it was, it was unbelievable. Do you want oh, to yeah. hear it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So, remember, I'm in the middle of Kentucky, and I haven't had a bowel movement for about three weeks. And I had a bowel movement. It was all over the bed. And I had two white male nurses. So they had to come and clean it up. And me and my sarcastic butt, I said, man, my grandmother would turn over in her grave right now. She see two white men wiping my butt. (laughs) (laughs) Even worse, in the middle of Kentucky. In the middle of Kentucky. Middle of Kentucky. Classic. Can I tell you what's great about that story? You're not the only one that has that story. Two other grown men have that story too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Those, the, those two nurses that had to clean up after you, they tell this story every year. I'm I telling know. you. I know. Like, you know, there was this one time that there was this dude. <laughs> they might not say dude. <laughs> but hey, I don't care. Yeah, 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 it's Kentucky. They might be saying some yeah, really harsh things, I unfortunately. <laughs> but wow, that is amazing. That might be my favorite story ever. That needs to be a that needs to be a short film. That needs to be. <laughs> Imagine that being a short film. <laughs> <laughs> that is that, that's an Oscar worthy film oh in our community goodness. for sure. Best. You you know what's funny. So we talk about like how we understand talking to you. This is the first time we've ever spoken, Greg. This is the first time you and I have just met. I already feel like I know who you are, right? Like I already feel like I've known you for a lot longer than an hour, right? I look at us as almost like the military looks at other, you know, people in the military. I have a couple of friends who are Marines and they always tell me no matter where they go in a crowd, they can pick out somebody who's in the military, there's something about the way they carry themselves, their demeanor, the way they they move, you know, and I kind of feel the same way about us. I have I have made several friends by being a creeper weirdo, by walking up to people and talking loudly about my stroke and then them saying, oh, my God, I had a stroke, too. It's so weird. And then when we talk, it's like we speak the same language, you know, somebody who's been at war 
can actually speak about war in the same way as somebody else has been through. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a shared experience that soldiers have. We have a shared experience of going to war with our own brains. And it's so beautiful to be able to connect with somebody on such a powerful level immediately. Greg, like we're, we're, we're friends now. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, we like we, Exactly. We just met, but we have the shared experience and we know no matter what, there, there are details that we don't know, but we know who we are. We, we 100% know who we are, and I love that, and that's something that nobody could ever take away from our community. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's such a beautiful thing. That's what, what oh, I just love it so much. So that's what I was talking about with that Black Lives Matter. That's what that needs. Like, something like this how we have in our own community, because I'm looking at it like, it doesn't make a difference between male, female, white, black. You know, doesn't make a difference. Everybody has gone through the same situation and has that love and compassion for each other. That's what we're missing in humanity. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please consider leaving us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. Your reviews help us grow and reach more listeners like you. Find us by searching for the NeuroNerds on the Apple Podcast app today. What we're missing in humanity is humanity. We are a lot of humanity. We need to be, we just need to care. There's so many people out there who are just numb. They're numb. They, they don't understand the impact of this stuff. Look, COVID, what's going on with COVID right now? People, the arrogance that I've seen with my own friends, well, with my own acquaintances, I'm not going to consider them like friends because of the things that they've done. I pride myself. I don't hang out with idiots, Mm -hmm. but them saying some of the most ignorant things like, yeah, but I'm going to be fine. It's like, you might be, but you're going to kill someone else because you're arrogant and that's not okay. right, Right. On top of the fact, as a brain injury survivor, other brain injury survivors doing things that they probably shouldn't be doing during this time, you're literally playing Russian roulette with your life. You don't know how it's going to affect you. So I know several people who have contracted COVID and they got really sick for a day or two and then they're fine, right? I also know somebody who spent the better part of a month in the ICU, you know, and it, it was touch and go, you know, and I also know some people who have lost several members of their family and it's not like, oh, well, they're old. No, no. In, in their in their late 20s and early 30s. And it's like, this is wild, man. We, we got to we gotta stop being so arrogant. We have to be more loving, caring and accommodating to each other because we all live in a society. We do. Like, it doesn't matter what part of the street you live on. It doesn't matter what your address is. It doesn't matter what your ethnic background is, your religious background, man, woman. None of that matters. We're all people. So, like, let's just kind of look. It, it's it's very simple. Just be cool. You know what I mean? It's simple. Just be cool. But, but, but that's the thing. Like, after we had our strokes, I know I realized that mental illness has been normalized. And people out here are crazy. Oh. <laughs> hey, literally crazy. I live in California. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it's called La La Land for a reason. Like people yeah, are wild. Yeah, yeah. When you have people in office, when you have people who are allowed to carry guns and police us who have mm-hmm. these mental illnesses, mm-hmm. that's where the problem is. It's mm-hmm. it, the problem isn't oh well, this person is no no no. The problem is the process from getting from point A to point B. We need to to weed out these people early on, you know, and we also. Yes, we need to normalize mental health, but not in the way that it's been. It can't be normal that these crazy things are happening. That can't be normal. It has to be normal that, hey, I'm having these crazy thoughts. I'm going to go talk to somebody and figure it out. 
right? That has to be normal. What's happened the past four years, that's not normal. That's really not normal. Hate is not normal. It's not. We need to be... Now, again, it's like, Joe, you're like a modern-day hippie. All right, cool. But is that really a bad thing? You know what I mean? No. I love. That's what it is. I love. And I want everybody to feel... You know what what I've noticed post brain injury more than anything? Why is everybody so angry? <laughs> you know? What Makes I mean? no sense. Makes no why? sense. Wasted energy. Why? Wasted energy. Oh Wasted my god, energy. great. Yes. Why are you so mad? Oh, well this person did that. And so what? <laughs> That's cool. Let them live their sad life while you live your amazing happy life, you know? Absolutely. Let them this figure person, it out. Yeah, this person cut me off. Okay. Cool. That's great. I hope they don't get in an accident. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't know why they, they cut you off. They might have just heard their husband died or wife died. It has right, nothing to do with right. you. Yeah. Hey, they might be a very sad, miserable person. Cool. I hope they find happiness. Right. <laughs> you right. know? Exactly. Has nothing to do with has nothing to do with me. Like I think we have to be a little bit more us centric. Not like so arrogant to where we're not helping other people, but I think we need to focus on our own business more. You know, I, 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 we really need to focus on like, like, take care of your own house first before we start judging other people's, you know, even in the Bible, you know, how you just read things in the Bible. I see them things differently too. Like what you just brought up. And I think about, you know, when they brought that lady in to Jesus with all those, uh, she was adulterous. I'm like, you know, who without sin be cast for a stone, like, you know, clean yourself up first before you go to clean up everybody else. And I'm not trying to get biblical on you. You know, look, we came out fresh. After our brain injuries, you know, it, it was it was almost like a baptism, right? It's like we literally we were reborn. Now, do we want to do the same things? No, 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 no. We started fresh, so let's make better decisions. And that's where I am in, in my life, you know. And I think you're you're on the same boat, and I love that. And speaking of amazing things, obviously you're a superhero, Greg, but you're doing superhero work. Tell us a little bit about the caregiver packages you put together. All right, so this all came about is that when I was. Um Still living with my wife, you know, I noticed that she was really going through a hard time as a stroke survivor caregiver. And then we used to go to groups and I would see caregivers looking bad. They didn't take care of themselves. They didn't dress up, no makeup, no pampering, no nothing. I could just tell that life was hard. So I decided once I got a little bit of my wits together with the first basket was on my birthday of last year, August 24th. I put my money together and I bought a basket and I raffled it off to stroke survivors, caregivers that I knew from Instagram. So since then, each month I do a little lottery or raffle off these caregiver baskets. So what I do is that my shirt is um, AVM superhero. I give out those shirts to the caregivers and I also have people gift me money to get those shirts to actually say they actually part of this um, organization and also giving out these caregiver basket to have like pamper and stuff like bath salts, aromatherapy, things like that. That is such an amazing thing. Really great. You're a superhero. You, you really sir. are. That's such a beautiful thing to do because a lot of people forget the caregivers need care. They do. Sun heroes. They really, truly are. If you ever just take a step back and think about, wow, this is difficult to be a brain injury survivor. It's difficult to be somebody who doesn't have a brain injury who's taking care of someone with a brain injury. (laughs) It's so hard. So that's such a beautiful thing. And I really, really appreciate that. I'm going to promote the hell out of that because I think it's amazing. And, oh, that's just so beautiful. Before we wrap up here, Greg, I just want to ask you, we are the neuro nerds. Yeah. What's your nerdum? Do you have a nerdum? Oh, man. You know what? Uh, 
growing up, I was always into comic books and I always had comic books and I have a huge collection from like 1980 on and I gave them to my daughters and now they're into comic books, online comic books and things like that and into anime and everything like that. Right now we are to um, Attack on Titan season four, but oh. we can see the subs on it. There's no dub on it yet. So that's where oh. we are right now. So. Oh my God, I love Attack that's on Titan. That's my little <laughs> fetish I guess I have. <laughs> It's so much. Police and I watched that. I was watching it one time. She's like, what are you watching? And now she's like, wait, there's a new season? <laughs> so I, Love it. So happy. Love it. That makes me so happy. Such a beautiful thing. Where can the people reach you, Greg? Well, you can find me on Instagram. I'm AVM underscore superhero on Instagram. And also on YouTube is AVM superhero. I have a couple of stories about my survival. Also, I talk to different caregivers. Also, a little bit like how you're doing right now. I talk to um, stroke survivors as well. And the topic that I'm on right now is a series that I'm doing. It's called um, Death Taught Us How to Live. So check it out on um, YouTube. That's beautiful. I, I love that. I love the work you do. I truly appreciate who you are at your core. And I love that we connected. Literally, I'm, I'm so happy to be honest. There's not a lot of brain injury, male brain injury survivors that actually like to talk. So I love that I got like another dude to talk to. This is amazing. <laughs> so Anytime, definitely, you definitely reach out to, to Greg. Definitely, you know, if you can help in any way, it's much appreciated and goes to a great cause. You can reach out to him at AVM underscore superhero on Instagram. You can reach out to Lauren at Lauren L. Manzano on Instagram, my beautiful tiny ass-kicking co-host who unfortunately just lost her grandfather due to COVID. So definitely send her all of your love, positive energy, and care. You could reach out to me at Joe Sorox on all the socials. You can reach out to us, the Neuro Nerds, everywhere. And on that note, Greg, you superhero rock star, thank you so much for being on the last episode of Amplify Black voices during black history month it's much appreciated i love what you do i appreciate what you do and if us here at the neuro nerds can do anything to help in any way we are all family here you're a true superhero my friend thank you for being on the show thank you for having me neuro nerds are the best thank you guys hey and on that note this neuro nerd is out greg that was awesome man that was so cool like you're such a you're such a dope dude Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.